of a beautiful, <clears throat> very familiar parable given to us in our gospel reading this day, that of the Good Samaritan. It could be much, much shorter than it is, and actually without the parable and be just as instructive to us, but as fallen human beings, we tend to be rather slow, or we are afraid, or we want clarification when things are actually already clear, but we, for some reason or another, are trying to, as this lawyer said, justify what he may have already done. The parable begins, or the story begins from the passage, a certain lawyer stood up and tested the Lord, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Really what he was saying was, how do I avoid dying? How do I not die? And really, that's what we all want, is it not? I don't want to die. Are you? Don't raise your hands, don't say out loud, but ask yourself, am I afraid to die? Well, I'm afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die from the standpoint of trusting God. I'm afraid to die because I'm weak and because I don't trust God very well. Nevertheless, he says, how do I avoid dying? And then the Lord says to him this beautiful thing, which I think from my prior tradition and maybe from many of our prior traditions, if we think about, we don't feel real comfortable with this. The Lord says to him, what's written in the law? The law is a God for you. He didn't add that to you, but what's written in the law? What is your reading of the law? You want to know how to avoid death? What does the law say? And it wasn't like the law was saying, okay, how do I earn my way to, you know, what are the things I do to earn my way to God? But basically what the law is given to us is an, an, uh, an instructor, a set of instruction for us about how to live so that we can come to know God. That's what the law is about. It's not something we've thrown away because the New Testament comes. It's still good for us. Now we have to understand it in light of the risen Christ. It says, what, should, what is the law? And the lawyer being very bright says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. I think I talked about this the last time. <laughs> and he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Well, we could end it right there. I mean, all he needed to do was to go off and say, okay, I got it. Just go love God with everything that I've got and treat my neighbors like myself and I will, have, I will avoid death. But he didn't do that. Wanting to justify himself. And frankly, I don't quite understand everything that that means. Justify himself. Maybe justify what he had done before. Maybe justify some, something in the past. Maybe he's afraid that he doesn't quite, he needs more instruction. I mean, I think the Lord gave him everything he needed, but the Lord gives him more. So the Lord then gives this beautiful story of this man who makes his way from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Certain man went down from the Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. And, and those who sort of give us a, a behind-the-scenes meaning for this, uh, the thieves represent the demons and all of the, the cares of the world that would ensnare us and destroy us and, and, and dissuade us from following God. Fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothes 
clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So I have this picture of a man lying over here on the side of this road and he's unconscious, he's bloody, he's got a black eye, his clothes are torn and, and he just looks like a mess. He's unconscious, I, that's my picture. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. Oh, isn't that so sad? What are priests supposed to do? I'm not a good priest. I'm a very, at best, an average priest. And I hate to think that that would have been me. It might have been. He passes by on the other side. Why did he pass by on the other side? He was important, right? He was a priest. He stood at the altar. He offered the sacrifices for people. He, he was for them. He was trying to bring them to God and bring God to them. That's his job. He was a busy man. It was going to take time. It wasn't somebody he knew. It was just a person lying over there who looks really in a mess. And I don't have time for this. It will take effort. So who will know? I don't know that he said that to himself. He may have. Then a Levite comes by and he does the exact same thing. It's almost like, I hate to even use this reference, but it's almost like a priest and a deacon go by. Well, that's not, don't do that quite. But in any event, somebody who's a worker in the temple goes by. He does the same thing. And then a Samaritan comes by, an enemy of the Jew. They had nothing to do with one another. The Samaritan came by and when he saw him, he had compassion. He had compassion. Like the Lord looking down upon Jerusalem. About the Lord, like the Lord coming to, to Lazarus' tomb. He had compassion. And there was no enemy here. There was a man who was hurting. There was a human being, one in the image of God, who's been uh, ransacked in effect. And he had compassion. And he took time. He went to him. He bandaged his wounds. It took time. He poured on oil and wine, which was the best thing he had to bring healing to him. He set him on his own animal. So he walked and led this man on his own animal. It took time and effort. He brought him to an inn and he took care of him there. Evidently he stayed with him overnight. And the next day, whether the man was conscious or not, we have no way of knowing. We, there's no dialogue here. He may have never spoken a word to this man. He may not have even known his name. But he took care and left money to take care of him. He tells the innkeeper, take care of him. Whatever more you need, you spend it. When I come back, I'll pay you back. Would I have done that? I don't think I would have. I, I'm, Lord, have mercy on my soul. I, I probably would not have done that. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him? <laughs> well, of course, we all know the answer. But then pay attention to what the Lord says. He says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. I want to couple that with the first thing that, that the man said to him. The lawyer said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love, and the Lord says, go and do this. He's not saying go and find people along the side of the road and heal them and take care of them and put them in the end. He's saying, go do love. Because loving means you have to do something. 
It means you have to expend time. It means you have to give effort. It means you have to share of yourself. It means you have to put some of your own things aside for somebody else, namely for God. Look, you all came here. You could have all slept in. God bless you. You didn't. You came because you wanted to pray. You wanted to offer yourself to God. You did, you're doing love by literally sitting here and standing up and praying your prayers. God willing, you'll go home. You'll pray your prayers there. You'll, you'll do love to your neighbors. But you have to do it, and it takes effort and time. Those are our lessons for today. Three. First of all, if we want to avoid death, it's not rocket science. Christianity is not rocket science. You don't have to read Nietzsche and Kierkegaard and, and all of the great uh, philosophers necessarily to figure out some sort of, ontoli or, uh, some sort of metaphysical and, uh, way to get there. It's very simple. The Lord says it. And we could have stopped this very early. Just go love God and your neighbor with everything that you have. Number one, love. Number two, love means do. You have to go do love. And number three, it's going to exact a price from you. But brothers and sisters, it's a small price. In fact, Christ has already paid the price for us. We do those things by simply doing the good works that he's already created for us to walk in. May this parable from the Lord's lips be instructive to us to go and love those around us, and most of all, to love God with everything that we have. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God.